answer is it does not have to be Disney. Let me I want the truth. Your favorites. OK, <laughs> can you tell can you tell she's a lawyer, Bill? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, do I need to sign something first before I say this? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This week's bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast, and I am joined yet once again by my co-host, Sam. Welcome back to the show, Sam. Hello, Brian. (laughs) You're such a rarity on the bonus episodes, although you're becoming more of a regular, which is is nice to see. Uh, But we are excited to welcome a special guest to today's show. Uh, I want to welcome Bill to our show. Welcome, Bill. How are you? Thanks. Thanks very much for the invite. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Bill, you are in the publishing game, as some folks might say. And so why don't you start off by introducing you, you, you do Cruise Line Publications. You want to talk a little bit about uh, what you do in that space? Sure, sure. I'd love to start, though, how I actually got involved in the cruise business, which is a, a very uh, interesting story. I uh, started many, many years ago uh, in my early uh, teens as a professional magician. I used to do <gasps> parties and banquets. Oh and God. yeah, it was like, you know, yeah, I, I, I need to raise some money. You know, so I, I learned magic. I took up magic. I joined the Society of American Magicians and I got very good with with sleight of hand with cards. And from there, I, I built like an act and I went around and and did like the Cub Scouts and I did the, you know, all the, the, all the different shows and I did bar mitzvahs and I did weddings and and I got my act so good that I wanted to take it to the sea. Why did I want to go on a cruise ship? Well, during the time that I was um, in my late teens, there was a show on the air called The Love Boat. I'm sure you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're too young to remember that. We, we saw it on reruns. Yeah, I caught reruns. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Thank you. Now, yeah. you're, now you're making me feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, you know, I, I love the idea of, of, of being on the ocean and, and that whole cruise ship experience that was fantasized in that show. So I wanted to take my magic act on board the ships and perform, you know, the passengers on board. And I, I knew nothing about cruising and my act was very average at best, but I was very (laughs) persistent. I kept calling all these entertainment directors from the different cruise lines. And finally, the one that I wore down the, the quickest was Carnival Cruise Lines. I Remember the guy's name? It was Arthur Ashton. And he asked me to send me a, a video of my act. I had no video because I had no act, really. It was all me, just my personality. So they eventually hired me to be a magician on board Carnival Cruise Lines. And at that time, they had only three ships. And uh, oh my gosh, that's how I started on the ships. And the cruise line liked the way that I interacted with the guests. And a year later, I was the cruise director. No way. And that's how I started on board cruise ship. Wow. How long did you work on cruise ships? I worked on board ships for 12 years. I started in my late, the late 70s, early 80s, and I stayed on board for 12 years and um, met my first wife on board. We got married and then I got off and I started this business that wanted to, you know, I wanted to be in something related to the ships, but yet I didn't want to be on board any longer because, you know, I was growing old. I wanted to have a family, which I have now. And, uh... So I stayed in the business, not being on board, but providing services to the to the cruise lines and uh, the company, the PPI Group, which is our media group, which publishes, as you mentioned, uh, Brian, Porthole Cruise Magazine, which is the leading cruise consumer magazine. It's kind of like Condé Nast Traveler for cruisers. It's been out there for twenty plus years, and it's the only go to source for cruise consumer information, which we update quite regularly. The magazine was subscription based, and now it's um, you know all digital since the COVID. We're still publishing it, but uh, 
doing digital versions of it, which people seem to like because it's more shareable. And we cover all the cruise lines. You know, we cover Disney, we cover Holland America, we cover Norwegian, we cover the ports of call, we cover the onboard experience uh, from the eyes of the cruise guests. We also cover from the eyes of the crew member, which is kind of an interesting uh, perspective as well. And then apart from that, we also create videos for all the cruise lines. We have a video department that creates uh, shore excursion videos and shopping videos. And you know, if you turn on the TV, I'm on so many of these ships, you'll see videos about what to do on board. In most cases, those are produced by our company. Very interesting. You've, you've, you've made a, car- a career your whole life out of cruising. So that's uh, living I the have. dream, in my opinion. <laughs> I have. Yeah, thanks. No, I- and we follow your uh, your Porthole Cruise Magazine on Twitter. It's a great account to follow for, for cruise news. Uh, so we, we so you're, you're the one. I knew, I knew we had a follower. That's, that's good. <laughs> you must be our follow back. There you go. Uh, so. You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill, outside of the, the sort of working in the cruise space, I'm sure you've taken a lot of cruises. What's the estimate on the number of cruises you've you've been on? And let's let's start with with apart from working on them as a passenger rather than as a as yeah, an yeah, employee. Yeah. So I, if you take working them out of the equation, which was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, I've been in probably 250, 300 cruises uh, since I've gotten off ships as a as a working cruise director. Wow, and 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 what's your like? What give us a smattering of the lines that you've you've been on? Have they only U.S. or have you been over to Europe and experienced some of like the P and Os and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've been on most of them actually. The one, the only, there's a few that I have not been on. I, I just got actually back from Antarctica. I was on uh, Atlas Atlas Ocean Voyages. Uh, uh, I did a I did a documentary actually that I've created for them, and uh, that was quite interesting because I've never been to Antarctica, and that was uh, an amazing experience. I highly recommend that for for those who haven't been. It's a little a bit of a journey to get there, but but fantastic. Well, Sam's going to ask you some of your favorites at the end, so we won't ask that right now. But I do want to parse out here. You've, you you mentioned off air that you've been on Disney Cruise Line several times. How many, how many Disney cruises have, do you think you've been on? And have you been on all four ships at this point? I have been on all four ships. I've probably been on maybe 15 to 20 Disney cruises over the last... Uh, Five years. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've been mainly on the ones that the ones that I gravitate to are the ones that obviously are in the ports in driving distance. I mean, I have not been on the ships when they're in uh, in Europe or Alaska, mainly in the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, we're excited to have the wonder now on the West Coast because, well, it's not in driving distance for us. It's only a short two-hour flight in our own time zone to head down there and get on board, which is a <laughs> which is a huge Absolutely. difference between flying to Florida. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's yeah, she's great. Heading to, she's heading to Alaska very soon. Yeah, we're headed down in two weeks to do some uh, back-to-back cruising on the wonder through her Mexican cruise season before she heads over to Hawaii and then up to Alaska. So, yeah, we're, we're excited to that's have her out great- here and... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's a great ship. I mean, I, uh, the last one that I was on was the Fantasy, though, and I, I really love the Fantasy. I was actually on the inaugural of the Fantasy and have great memories about the ship. And the dining experiences on there are just phenomenal. I mean, between Paulo's and Remy's, I, I think I, I never spent more time in a restaurant than I did in Remy's. I think it was like three <laughs> and a half hours from start to finish. It was the most amazing meal. And I was with my second wife. So it was probably the, one of the most romantic things I have ever done on a cruise ship. Remy is one of our favorites. Yeah, and, and it is a long dining experience. I think they've tried to sort of limit the time uh, for all of the adult not dining now. But I'm not sure it works when you have that many courses to get through. Well, and are you really going to run someone out of their table when they're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, so. no, but 
Yeah. That was amazing. It's the, the fact that it's based on that Ratatouille, uh, you know, the whole theme, the whole, the whole from A to Z, it was just a first class experience. I said the only theming element they're missing is that the chef should come out wearing a hat that lights up with a rat inside of it. I think that would be amazing. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Bill, we want to talk more about uh, Disney Cruise Line. Before we get there, uh, you know, while we have you, you cover the industry. And so I'm really curious what your thoughts are around, you know, the return to cruising that has happened over the last year to nine months, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, where you see things see things headed? Are things on a good good trajectory or, you know, things that are, have happened that you think will stick around. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts around the return to cruising here? If you asked me that question uh, six months earlier, my response would be a little bit different. But right now, and I've been on in the last, probably in the last six weeks, I've been on about three or four different ships. Desire, the demand for cruising is just off the charts. I mean, people are tired of sitting at home. They want to go out there and they want to cruise. And the cruise lines have done everything humanly possible to make the experience as safe as possible even more so than any other venues or any other forms of travel, uh, in my opinion. And the cruise experience is, is strong. It's getting stronger. Some of the ships are still restricted in terms of capacity, but that, that is slowly changing. More and more guests are being allowed. So the ships eventually will be at 100% capacity. The experience was a little bit different. Uh, I must say, in the first time I went, you know, it was actually during COVID. I was on Holland America in Alaska, and everyone had to wear a mask, obviously, and uh, in all the public areas and everywhere on the ship, and even in some of the ports. But the the demand was just so high from the people that wanting to be there, and the crew members were so passionate about returning to work. I mean, you could see the smiles through their masks. They were just so engaging and exciting and warm to be able to share that experience with the first-time cruisers and return cruisers. So the answer to the question is cruising is coming back and coming back in a big way. People are uh, super, super excited about you know getting back on board. And uh, the bookings are, are very, very strong and getting stronger as uh, the day continues. Yeah. Have you seen any innovations on the ships that, that you think will stick around? I mean, beyond some of the obvious ones that we think are fantastic, like virtual mustard trails have, have really changed our cruising life. But, you know, like buffets, I actually love that they're crew served at this point, but I don't know if that's really sustainable if they go back to full capacity and those sorts of things. But any innovations you've seen on board that were an outgrowth of COVID that you're like, I, I kind of hope those stick around? Actually, you know, the, the elimination of paper on many of the ships, uh, Although everyone wants to have everything in their cabin, you know, about the program and, and uh, what to do and the catalogs, all of that or much, much of it on many of the cruise lines has gone and, and, and lives now on the app, uh, whether it be uh, the Disney app called the, I think it's called the Navigator, isn't it? I think on Disney. Or if you go to Holland America, you know, they have their, their own version of, the, of that. Our MSC has MSC for me. So everything is at your fingertips and the ease by which someone can actually make a booking for either a shore excursion or a spa treatment uh, is phenomenal and very easy to do on the app and also available to do prior to the cruise through the websites. But I think the elimination of paper has made the experience a little more seamless and, uh, and people are able to get the information in a much quicker, speedier way and it can be updated quicker. I was on a cruise ship uh, in the last couple of weeks that missed one of the ports. And instead of having the program pre-printed, with the port being Jamaica, which they did not go to because of bad weather, they were able to uh, to change that immediately, you know, digitally, and serve up that information uh, through the app. So I think the app uh, is becoming more and more useful, uh, and I think a lot of that was spurred on by uh, COVID. Many of the cruise lines had the app before, but now that is the go-to place, and usage of the app is uh, is off the charts. 
Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because uh, that will be a grating comment to some of the Disney community who desperately want those paper navigators back. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the the app, and I think you're highlighting a really great point, which is you know Disney, for instance, built in the ability to buy your future cruise placeholder into the app, and so now it's like one of the first things I do on the ship. They're immediately capturing two hundred or two hundred fifty dollars from me for that future cruise placeholder. Whereas for you know if the lines are long or I can't get the appointment, I might not do it. So I, I think I think that yeah, I think they're innovative with those apps in a way that's really, really helpful. Bill, I'm curious to know, what's one thing that's changed that you sort of desperately miss? A, ma- a maskless environment. I miss the smiles from the crew members and the engagement from the crew members. I mean, it's hard to see that through a mask, obviously. Uh, that's one thing I really miss. I mean, I, 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 I look forward to the day that everyone is completely maskless and it's getting that way. I mean, most of the ships are are moving in the right direction. Some of them have not fully moved in that direction, but that's what I really miss. I miss the, seeing the smiles of, of the of the guests and of the crew members. No, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I miss I miss that as well. I think that's um, something that's really difficult. I, I think in addition to that is just sort of reduced capacity in certain spaces. For example, on you know on Disney Cruise Line, the bar adult bar spaces that they do a lot of the trivia in have been you know limiting every other table. I totally agree with what they're doing right now, but I really will you know it means you have to get there really early if you want to you know get to trivia or one of the other experiences in those spaces because they do fill up. And so it's it it limits some of the activities that you can do when they've got these, you know, space restrictions, of course. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually this is going to be a controversial comment for me, but I'm looking forward to a steady increase in capacity on board the ships. I know it's been fantastic. We've sailed five times since the cruising restarted. And so apologies to those of you out there who have not gotten to experience the ships at lower capacity because it is a really amazing and unique experience. But I miss the kinetic energy on board the ships sometimes from the from the people. Uh, that you get to watch and see, and just that that low hum of the crowd, you know, kind of thing. So no, I agree. I I agree, especially like with the entertainment venues, you know, on uh, you know on Disney in particular, the entertainment is just so phenomenal. To to see the show with a half filled theater is not the same as seeing it with a full theater. I agree. When I think it impacts the performer a little bit, we saw a magician recently on board our our sailing, and I think it was just kind of a struggle to get that audience engagement because there were just not that many people in the theater. So yeah. I I agree with you. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. And I also missed uh, seeing that interaction for the first time between the characters, whether it be Minnie or Mickey and a, you know, a, a four-year-old or five-year-old that just has a chance to meet, you know, their lifelong character in person like that. I mean, to see that with a mask is very, very different than to see it without a mask and to see the joy in the eyes of the parents. I mean, that's priceless. Well, Bill, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about Disney Cruise Line for a second. I know, I know we want to talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to with the wish and such. Before we get there, uh, we love to do the compare and contrast, and I feel like we're we're talking to an encyclopedia of cruising knowledge right now. So, oh, I, so I don't know if I go maybe, that far, but thank you. Well, well, well certainly one of our our most well sailed uh, guests for sure. Let, let me ask this: um, Where do you see Disney fitting into the landscape, and where where are they doing it really well, in your opinion? I think I mean Disney uh, has always been. You know, if you ask Disney Cruise Line, you know, you, are you a cruise line? Most of them will say, no, we're not a cruise line. We're an entertainment company that happens to have some beautiful ships. And that's how we position ourselves. So they don't try to compete with other cruise lines. And they're very, very different than any other cruise line. The experience is, is so unique on Disney than you would find. I mean, the, the island, for example, Castaway Cay is just so different than any other cruise ship island in terms of the amenities and 
just what they offer the guests and the fact that the ship actually docks there versus many of the cruise lines that have islands where the ship's tender. So that's a, that's a huge difference. But just the whole experience, the fact that they don't have a casino, I happen to like that. I'm not a gambler and never have been. And you know, for, for adults taking their kids, I, th- I think it's nice that they don't have a casino because it forces the parents to spend more time you know, with the kids. I, I really do. The entertainment, the, the, the dining venues, the rotational dining venues, for example, on the fantasy between Royal Court, Animator's Palette, which is phenomenal, Enchanted Gardens. But obviously, I gravitate to those specialty restaurants always, you know, between Palos and, and, uh, and Remy's. It's just, uh, I just think the experience is different. If you're expecting your typical cruise experience, I would not recommend Disney. It's far beyond that. It's just so different. The approach is different. Uh, the, the crew is very, very different in the way they approach the guests. And the whole ambiance of the ship is different. But I would highly recommend it if you've never tried it before. Yeah, it's so interesting your first your first comment there Bill because when we were looking to take our first cruise in a long time, we reached out to a friend who worked in the industry and we said who should we who should we go on? And he said and he said Disney and we were like, "Really?" And he said the same sort of thing you did. Disney is an entertainment company that happens to have some ships. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that exactly. I think that's exactly the right framing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask like so if somebody approaches you, Bill, and says, "Hey, I'm looking to take my very first cruise." What are the kinds of recommendations you would make or what are the kinds of things you would want to know from that person before making a recommendation on what cruise line to sail? And let's let's presume, I know obviously demographics are going to play into this as far as age. Let's say a, a family with, uh, you know, maybe middle school age kids, you know, comes to you and says, hey, Bill, you are a cruise expert. Who should I sail on? I, I mean, if it's a family and, and they're very fond, I would ask them also if they're, if they're frequent travelers to Disney, to the left, Disneyland or Disney World, or do they like Disney? You know, because I mean, there's such a, a fan club of Disney uh, loyal fans that love to do anything and everything Disney. But even if they're not, I would still recommend Disney Cruise Line. Um, I would explain to the parents that there's no casino because that's something that a lot of the adults like to do to gamble. But the entertainment is just phenomenal. I mean, the fact that they have a theater on uh, on deck, you know, called Funnel Vision, and the fact that you can watch first run movies and many of the movies, the Disney movies actually premiere on board the ship. Uh, is just phenomenal. So there's a lot of pluses that the other cruise lines cannot offer because they are Disney Cruise Line. And the fact that they have their own private island, if you're taking a cruise of the Caribbean, you're, the likelihood of going there is quite... And then they have these packages with Disney World. So not only can you experience the ship prior, prior to the cruise or after the cruise, you can do the park as well. Um, I would recommend Disney Cruise Line, uh, hands-on. Uh, the food also is just you know off the charts an amazing experience. And from there, I would also, there's other cruise lines I would also recommend, but if they have children, I mean, Disney is so set up with their kids programs from all ages to handle the children where parents, you know, will drop them during the morning and, you know, they give them a wristband or a beeper or something. I can't remember what it is. Uh, You don't see them until later in the evening. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, not at all. You can't, yeah, I remember parents having to pull their kids from the from the uh, the play the play uh, room or whatever they refer to it as it's just uh, phenomenal they really they really do it well what about the family that says hey disney's price point is just too high for us you know we we can't afford disney what, who would be your second choice that's at a more moderate price point uh, for families i would i would definitely recommend norwegian cruise line they also do an amazing job they have 
brand new ships with great kid facilities, uh, also some very nice private islands. I mean, uh, great entertainment, Broadway shows, big casinos, and uh, beautiful, beautiful ships. So that would be my second choice. And from there, there's so many. I mean, you have MSC, which does an amazing job. You have uh, Holland America, which caters to a more of an older clientele. But if you have kids, they also do a fantastic job with outstanding food, great itineraries. Uh, they have beautiful educational seminars on board. Yeah, those would be my choices. Well, I'm excited that you said uh, that you said Norwegian because we are sailing on Norwegian for the first time oh, next nice. year. What ship are you Alaska. on? What's the name of the ship, Brian? I can't remember. Uh, I think it might be the Norwegian Encore. Yeah, to Alaska. Oh, great. Oh, you're gonna love it. She, she's a she's a beauty. Yeah, we're looking we're looking forward to it. We love we. We have finally decided we can't just rely on people's third-party opinions here. We're going to go out and try some things ourselves. So get, our, get ourselves out of the Disney rut. <laughs> when, when, are you, when are you sailing? In the next couple of months? No, uh, no not next until year. next next uh, June, I think. Yeah, we're, we're oh, on the okay. Encore in June, and we're going to try out the Harmony of the Seas next spring break time in April. So. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Have you been to Alaska before? I have not been on a cruise ship. I went fishing with my father in Alaska many, many years ago, but I have not been on a cruise ship. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, we're excited. We're very excited. All right. We're taking a quick pause here and excited to welcome a new show sponsor to our show. He's going to be sponsoring our bonus episodes, at least for the next couple of months. And that is Blisslets. And so if you've not heard of Blisslets before, first, you're probably going to be seeing them on board the Disney ships here pretty soon and being sold in the Disney stores. They are a fabulous alternative to C-Band. So Sam got a chance to check them out on our last cruise. They were kind enough to send her a couple of pairs to try out. Sam suffers from some seasickness and motion sickness at times and has used C-Bands in the past to try and alleviate that. And so she decided to give these blisslets a try. The two things Sam loved most about her blisslets were, one, they're a much more stylish alternative to the traditional C-Bands, but two, they also were better constructed. Uh, she said that she felt like they would hold up a lot better to the wear and tear on board than uh, the C-bands would. So she really liked them. They had a lot of great styles, even have some in leather. Uh, and so really, really nice product that she enjoyed. And she can't wait to try them out again on our cruise coming up here soon. So if you are a traditional C-bands user, but you're looking for something that's just maybe a little bit nicer to wear on board the ship, then head over to blisslets.com and check them out. We highly recommend them. And Sam's really enjoyed the product so far. So head over there, check them out. And thanks to Blisslets for sponsoring this bonus show. Well, Bill, I got to ask one other question at the opposite end of the spectrum here, which is just, um, you know, again, comparing sort of what's out there, where's Disney maybe lagging? Or if you wouldn't phrase it that way, where is their offering kind of, you know, uh, I don't know. Where's their room for improvement or where's their, yeah, where can they catch up? I mean, if they, if their price point was a little bit lower, I think they would attract more guests, but you know, the value for money is there. It's just the it's a little bit more high end than the average the average cruise line. Um, they're very on brand. They're not missing anything, honestly, from the entertainment uh, to the activities. They do everything first class. There's nothing, in my opinion, that they're really missing. It's all it's all about Disney and the and the new ship is just going to be the wish is going to be the the culmination of everything that they learned from the magic, the wonder, the dream, the fantasy. It's just going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to be sailing on there on her in uh, in July. Before you know it, yeah. Well, we we would say. We would well. One thing I would just say is we would say Disney IT and Wi-Fi needs improvement. But other than that, we have to agree with you on everything else. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, Wi-Fi uh, to speak candidly is 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 it really a challenge on most on most cruise lines? Although I think the Royal and uh, Norwegian uh, have it pretty figured out, and it also depends also on the uh, 
the, where the ship is, you know, if it's in a, a remote area, just and how many people are using the network at the same time. That's the beauty of the the apps. I mean, the the apps operate on the intranet, so there's no cost to the guest for using the app. And uh, you know, I know in Disney they also have this chat function where you could chat with with your friends or family and stay in touch with them from different parts of the ship, which is phenomenal. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is, and. Look, not everyone out there needs uh, reliable Wi-Fi on board a ship, and many people are getting on a ship to escape that. Uh, but we have heard, to your point, we have heard we have heard rumors of Royal Caribbean having Wi-Fi sufficient for people to basically stream Netflix on board. So you know, it's, it's, I, yeah, I've heard I, that I, too. <laughs> I have not experienced that, but I, I, I. But listen, if you're going to be taking a cruise, why are you streaming Netflix? I mean, you're going to get out there and enjoy the <laughs> ship. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's a problem for us content creators and really no one else. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, hey, Bill, you mentioned the wish. You mentioned July. Are you on the maiden voyage, or are you on one of the later? I believe I am. I haven't received official confirmation, but I I know that the, the folks in PR there are working on that. So we generally cover the the new ships through our magazine and uh, create video content that revolves around. So I'm looking forward to it. Will you be there as well? We will. We will be on the maiden. I don't know. It sounds like maybe you may be on the media cruise that happens right before the maiden. But uh, either way, uh, if you're on the maiden voyage, let us know. We'll we'll grab a drink with you on board. So yeah, and yeah. Say hi. And even if I'm on the media cruise, the the cruise before I'll just they'll have to they'll have to pull me out of my cabin. I'll just I'll just stay on board so we can meet. <laughs> well, Bill, what are you looking forward to on the wish? There's been lots of news and announcements, more stuff kind of dribbling out day day by day from Disney as the uh, the ship nears completion. And so, I guess what anything you're looking forward to the most uh, on the new ship? I hear the spa on board is supposed to be phenomenal. I'm a big. Uh, a big spa goer, you know, on all the ships and, and Disney does it great. Um, the massages and, and, and the exercise equipment. I love doing the spa early in the morning. That space is going to be phenomenal. I want to see that, that, that suite that's built into the funnel. I'd love to stay in it. I, I can't afford it, but I'd love to at least, I'm sure as a media, they'll, they'll give us a, a sneak peek. That's super cool. I think, I think that's a first for any cruise line as far as I know. I, yeah, I'm not aware of something on that kind of a scale. I mean, the closest I've seen is probably that family suite on board Royal Caribbean, but even that I don't think is is this kind of thing. No, I feel like this is the only equivalent is the room in Cinderella's castle in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> That's yep, pretty yep, much yep. it. And I want to get on the uh, the Aqua Mouse. The other ships obviously have the Aqua Duck. I want to get on the Aqua Mouse. And I want to take my GoPro and do my thing going down the slide. So that's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, she's a beauty. I mean, she, you know, and the thing is that the Disney ships, they look like cruise ships. The lines are built in such a way where they just, they look like traditional liners. The ships of today, many of them look like floating condominiums, to be honest with you. 100% agree with you. The most beautiful, visually beautiful ships are by far the Disney ships. Even when the amenities on some of the other cruise lines beat Disney, uh, there's just nothing as beautiful as a classic, you know, ship design. And those, like you said, those clean, I mean, they all look like, they look like the love boat, but bigger, right? <laughs> yeah, no, they do. They do. And the fact when, when, and when the Disney ships are in port and, you know, all the other ships are, are playing their, uh, you know, their, their foghorn or their horn to get people to come back with Disney, you'll hear, when you wish upon us. I mean, it's phenomenal. It just it, it just pulls your pulls at your heartstrings. Honestly, it really does. Although we pulled out of was it Costa Maya that the multiple ships were at this past sailing? Sam it was Costa Maya or Cozumel. We pulled out and there was a princess ship next to us, and they have apparently upgraded their horn to play the oh, they have. the love they boat the theme, love song. Boat theme song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay, there you go. I mean, that's all right. You got to give it to them there. Okay, that makes sense. That's I still so think when you wish upon a star is better. So <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. 
And what character? What character is going to be attached to the uh, to the stern of the ship this time? I can't remember it's from the Rapunzel. photographs. It's Rapunzel. It's Rapunzel. Okay, that is cool. It's Rapunzel and her hair. Her hair is like draped and across pa- so that it looks like she's Pascal. cleaning the back of the ship. Yeah, and Pascal. Yeah, and I think Pascal, right. the little um, chameleon guy, is with her on the back of the ship. You know, I was one time in Germany in Mayo Werf where they actually build the Disney ships. Uh, to witness, uh, you know, the building, which is just a phenomenal experience. I don't know if, if you've ever done that before. We know, we know a couple of people who have, but we haven't been ourselves. Yeah, that would Although be amazing. Our son's favorite, our son's favorite, was it National Geographic or somebody who did, they did like a building the world's most luxurious cruise ship kind of documentary and watching them basically build little blocks and then put them together. <laughs> So it was it was fascinating. He talked about cavitation for about a year uh, after watching that documentary and how it was created by little bubbles on the propeller. So it's a fascinating process, but we have not seen it live and in person. But what's really emotional is when these ships are completed and they're just floating them out and all the workers that contributed to the building for the last two or three years, however long it took, they're all lined up there as the ship sails out and it's super emotional. I mean, it's, it's like it's like kissing one of their family members goodbye forever. Yeah, because they won't ever return. And, and I guess no, even for no, dry, unless they dry sell dock, on them they again. Don't go, yeah, and dry dock, they don't go to there. All the people in uh, in Papenburg, Germany, where Meyerwerf is located, they all you know they line up around the uh, the water there as the ship comes out, and they you know phenomenal. Yeah, we watched the live stream of it, but uh, it, it definitely could tell that there was an emotional crowd there. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Bill, we will hope to see you on board uh, the Wish. Uh, and, oh, I, love, uh, I, I, I wish, no pun intended, I wish <laughs> that we'll be there together for sure. I hope so too. Well, Sam, you worked up a little rapid fire for Bill, which I am really excited to hear because getting Bill's favorites will be really fun, I think. So why don't you do your rapid fire? Okay. I, it's, this, is a short, this is a short rapid fire. I'm just going to ask your personal favorites. So this is to... I want to make a a disclaimer. You know, these opinions expressed are not the opinions of Porthole Magazine. Uh, They are (laughs) Bill's individual opinions himself. Okay. Um, And I want you to answer as it does not have to be Disney. Let me, I want the truth, your favorites. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell, can you tell she's a lawyer, Bill? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Do I need to sign something first before I say this? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're, your favorite cruise line for dining experiences? Uh, I have several. Holland America, Norwegian Cruise Line, Disney Cruise Line, Seaborne Cruise Line, Silver Sea Cruise Line, Atlas Ocean Voyages. Those are the ones that come to mind. MSC, wow. too. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. what do you, what do you, I'm curious, just to pause there for a second, Bill. MSC, they've come to the U.S. for the first time. And I'm wondering what you think about their transition over to the U.S. market and their experience on board. The, I just got off the seashore, and I can tell you the ships are absolutely stunning. The hardware is just phenomenal, and uh, they really have their act together. I mean, MSC has been a company that's been out there for many, many years, you know, in the shipping container business, and they just, uh, you know, shifted over to to cruise, and they're on a building spree. They're building, I think, more ships uh, in a shorter period of time than any other cruise line. They're growing like crazy. They have a brand new terminal at the Port of Miami. Uh, the experience on board is phenomenal. The crew is largely Italian. The food is just off the charts, and it's just a great experience. They also have a wonderful island where the ships actually dock called Ocean K, um, and that's also in the Caribbean. It's probably near Castaway K. All right. Next is favorite for entertainment. Entertainment. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Line, Disney Cruise Line, Holland America Line, MSC. 
All right. Favorite cruise line for service? Seaborne Cruise Line, Atlas Ocean Voyages, Silver Sea Cruises, Holland America. All right. Best private island? Holland America's Island, which is Half Moon K, Castaway K, Ocean K, and Princess K, and also the uh, Norwegian Island, which is very, very nice, and I can't remember the name of it. They all have something different, and, uh, and it's a big part of the experience because since COVID, more and more of the ships are gravitating to the private islands because it's more of a contained environment versus going to a large port of call where people could be exposed. All right. Next is your favorite overall cruise line. I'm going to ask the ship question after. So just to let you know, I'm going to ask your favorite ship, but first is your favorite line. I have, I have many favorite. I mean, it's hard to say one favorite. I mean, I have, you know, I have many children. They're all my favorite. <laughs> I would, that is, that is a tough one. There, I mean, from Holland America to Disney to Norwegian to MSC uh, to Seaborn to Atlas Ocean Voyages to P&O to Canard, they all offer something different. So in my mind, they are, they're all my favorites, really, because they're all different. All right. How's that? Is that, is that politically uh, correct? You navigated that <laughs> well, question well, Bill. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, okay, but the la- the well, second to last question is who? What's your favorite ship? Of all, my favorite ship was the ship that I worked on when I was a cruise director. How's that? It was I love the that. T- it was the TSS Mardi Gras, and that's where I got my start in cruising. There were only eight hundred and fifty guests on board at most, and uh, yeah, that was the ship. It was formerly the Empress of. Canada, I remember. Our Empress of Britain, one of the two. I'm having a bad memory here. But uh, that, was, that, that was my favorite ship because if I, if I never stepped foot on that ship, I would never be in this business and you and I never would be speaking. Is that the Mardi Gras, is the one that they, the TSS Mardi Gras, is that the one they retired and then they brought back the newest uh, version yeah, of it here yeah, recently? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. they brought back the new Mardi Gras, which is phenomenal. It sails out of uh, Port Canaveral. And I actually was on board for the uh, inaugural and I was one of the original cruise directors on the Mardi Gras. So during the inauguration, they called me out and they said, one of the former cruise directors who was still <laughs> standing was in the audience, you know, because many of them are gone. I mean, yeah, but that was, that was phenomenal. I learned everything from, from, from the ships, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to start like a hashtag bill for Godfather of one of these ships, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> my, okay, so my last question is just what's next? What, what, what ship are you, are you headed on next? I am sailing next on Margaritaville at sea. Margaritaville has entered the cruise market and they've uh, they purchased a ship called the Bahamas Celebration or Grand Bahamas Celebration. And she will be sailing out of Freeport, Bahamas, or excuse me, I beg your pardon, out of West Palm Beach, the Port of Palm Beach to Freeport in the Bahamas on uh, three and four day cruises. And uh, it has a Margaritaville theme. There's a talk that Jimmy Buffett might even be present for the inauguration. So I'm super excited to be invited there. And we're going to be doing a documentary all about that experience. So that's my next cruise. Oh, that's awesome. You know, Bill, I got, I've got two last questions for you here. Uh, not rapid fire. We'll shift back for one second. I've got two last questions for you. Curious about your thoughts about the entrance of Virgin Voyages into the, uh, the market and if you've experienced that yet or not. I have not sailed, but I, I have been on board. Actually, I did an interview with... Uh, uh, the president, Tom McAlpin, uh, probably a couple of months ago on the uh, Scarlet Lady here at the Port of Miami and uh, very different experience. I mean, obviously, there's no children. It's, it's, it's all adults. Uh, so I didn't have a chance to actually sail, but I hope to. But those who have sailed, I've come back raving, number one, about the food and about the entertainment and just the experience is, is very virgin. It's very different. 
So there's room for them in the market and they are growing. They're building ships. They just launched uh, the Valent Lady in the UK and they have another one, another two or three coming after that. So yeah, uh, more the merrier. You know, The more that we can experience and enlarge the cruise market, the better for everyone. Yeah. And the last question, Bill, is I think, you know, over time, Bill, I think, you know, cruises differentiated themselves, you know, from luxury down to what I'll call economy, for lack of a better word. Right. And and I think we've started to see cruise lines, you know, really lean into these ship within a ship experiences so you can be on a more economy line, but have a more upscale experience. I'm curious, um, who do you think is doing it really well in that cruise within a cruise category. So on Disney, they have concierge, which is their cruise within a cruise. Um, but but who do you think is doing it really well in that category? I think the, the ones that are doing it really well, number one, Norwegian does an amazing job with the Haven. And also uh, MSC does a, a great job uh, with their uh, yacht club, which is a ship within a ship, which is quite nice uh, for guests that want to get away from all the, I don't want to say the word madness, but all the activities and just have a quiet experience, hustle and bustle. But during the evening, come down and have your reserved seat at the show, uh, the restaurants, and then go back to your little ship within a ship concept, which some people love. I mean, they're building more and more of those on ships. And uh, I think it has a great opportunity to grow. And many more people are taking advantage of that. I mean, the most recent one I was on was the MSC uh, Seaside. I was in the, uh, the Yacht Haven, which not only has their own private restaurant, but your own uh, facilities for, for exercise, uh, own private uh, sun deck, uh, uh, outside restaurants. I mean, just it's phenomenal. And you don't really feel like you're on this massive ship because you're so segregated. But at the same time, you just take the elevator down a few decks and there you are back with uh, the rest of the guests. All right. That, yeah. I, I, it's just an interesting concept. We're sailing in the Haven on Norwegian when we go to Alaska. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what that's like. And we just had our first experience on concierge with Disney and and, and now we can't look back, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately for our bank account. Disney does a great job. And that concierge lounge is phenomenal. I mean, remember the, I mean, the food in there was as good as Palo's. I remember just going in there just to, and I, I lost my appetite after that. It was fantastic. Yeah, just to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, it's been really fun having you on the show. And I really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, if folks want to follow along, uh, Cruise Travels, Porthole Cruise Magazine, where, where can folks find you and, and uh, follow along? Yes, the best place to, to find us, first of all, our website, which is the go-to place for anything and everything cruising. And we update it you know, many times during the day is porthole.com. And when you're on porthole.com, you can also subscribe to Porthole Magazine, which is our cruise consumer magazine that comes out six times a year and it's delivered to your email uh, address. And uh, it's a beautiful publication with digital uh, uh, pages that turn and beautiful articles and video links to the latest what's happening on the ports, what's happening on board. And apart from that, on social, we are virtually everywhere. You can find us on Twitter at Cruise Control BP. That's B like boy, P like Paul. Also, Cruise Control BP on Instagram, Porthole Cruise on Instagram, Porthole Cruise on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn, also on Porthole Cruise. So we're pretty much everywhere. So we'd love to have uh, your audience follow us more to learn more about uh, what we have to offer and uh, this exciting world of cruising. Well, that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing all that, Bill, and taking your time today. I'm sure it's a busy day as, as folks, as you mentioned demand for cruising is returning. So appreciate you coming on my, and, and my sharing pleasure. with us. And I uh, really appreciate the invite and look forward to hearing this uh, when once, once you release it and it goes live. Absolutely. And we'd love to have you back on the show. Uh, Anytime. I, I, yeah. I love chatting. It's, it's, it's great. I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate uh, the in, in invitation for sure. Uh,
Well, thanks as always for listening to our bonus episode this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have uh, suggestions for bonus content that we could put out, hey, let us know. Questions, people you'd like us to talk to, that sort of thing. We're always open to show suggestions, so just let us know. So with that, just thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading the reviews from our listeners and connecting with you in that way. And we love reading them on the main show each week. So head over, leave us those five-star reviews. We've got a few left to read, but we'll run out quickly. So don't miss your chance. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can browse over to a youtube.com slash dclduo to see some of the videos we put up from our vacations. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of the show each and every month. You can also support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.